0: So, our last um, presentation of the afternoon is, Nick, is from Nick Grubb, who's CEO of uh, Carhiso Media. Um, and I think we're going to get a little bit more of a users or a potential users perspective um, of uh, the new technology. Nick is a, an old friend of the Radio Academy and has been here on these platforms more than once, so it's great to have him back.
1: So, thanks very much for the opportunity. I, I don't plan to be particularly long. Um, I've uh, been very privileged today to sit through all of the presentations and understand a little bit more about the international model. And it's kind of left me, it's, it's left me feeling like this. Joan can dab. Piers can dab. Jacqueline can dab. Jorn can dab. In fact, he can dab really well. And Nick from South Africa, well, Nick's not entirely sure <laughs> if he can dab. That's my only slide. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm here today really to, to share a perspective. Um, it's probably, as it turned out in retrospect, probably being at the end of the day is difficult because I've probably got more questions of those people who have the experience then I have answers. So I don't stand here, A, being an expert in DAB. I don't stand here, B, um, uh, with, with any... Uh, uh, I don't stand here representing the industry either. I'm, I'm here to represent a group. Um, we have some significant assets in radio and significant interests in radio, and obviously we would want to be part of any any digital rollout going forward. So it is really just our perspective and, and it's a collection of thoughts and observations um, as we've gone through the day. So let me just start with, I, I think from from our perspective, a lot of the incredible positives about what's, what's happened um, up to this point. I think we, we are excited in terms of DAB's opportunity to create better spectrum efficiency. South Africa has, uh, you know, I don't know what the global benchmark is, but certainly when you look at the number of stations per metro centre, we've got an incredibly inefficient FM infrastructure. So, so so, that in itself is a really strong positive. And obviously the other benefits which we've heard throughout the day around DAB as a format, the fidelity being a key one. Um, you know, we've, we've over the years... Um, And Andrew, who's been asking a lot of questions today, has been instrumental in making sure that the sound of one of our stations has been really strong and actually signal processing is a way to grow audience. And so the fidelity of this is is exciting to us. And I think certainly we also accept and have seen and observed in the European rollout of DOB over the years that more choice for consumers equals more opportunity and more listening to what some might call a a sunset medium, which all of us in this room would see as as a medium poised for good additional growth because our relationships with our audiences are still so strong. I think it's also incredibly encouraging to note how there has been collaboration within our radio industry up till now, um, albeit in the technical space, and albeit that technical people like to open boxes of equipment and uh, shimmy up masts and you know do all of the technical stuff that you heard just now. So I guess they have a common cause um, you know, by virtue of the job they do. It's a, a little bit more difficult. In, uh, in the regulatory and poli- uh, policy space for all of us as commercial broadcasters to align, um, let alone amongst ourselves, let alone with outside competitors and then government and all these other stakeholders. So that's something that we'll need to take inspiration from the technical guys who've got us this far. Um, and I think it's also encouraging to see the support and the investment by Centec. Um, I, I think the other thing from our perspective that excites us about DAB is unlike the IP space, where uh, content is, is completely unregulated. And by unregulated, I don't mean just in terms of protection for incumbent broadcasters. I mean in terms of, of quality of content and access of content by children, by people in, in, uh, in uh, vulnerable groups, groupings. And uh, you know, if, if, we go, if we allow IP to take over in an entirely unregulated space, I think that uh, you know, potentially it, it could uh, cause societal harm and certainly um, a, a impact on our commercial operating model. Um, and it is encouraging currently that ACASA and government are at least starting to talk about accelerating the pace. We, we have a terrible track record of meeting deadlines um, a, up till now. Um, the technical guys have met theirs, but we're really not even out the blocks in terms of aligning on the policy and the commercial aspects of DAB um, in South Africa. And that's something that I'm, I'm hoping we can accelerate. So I, I think fundamentally, as I've listened throughout today... For me, DAB is one of three things, and and I'm not sure, and given that we're in the Soccer World Cup period, perhaps it's it's useful to use a soccer analogy, but I'm at the moment at the point where I'm considering, is is DAB, is it extra time for radio? Is it it a new league entirely, or is it an opportunity to score some goals? Um, Honestly, I don't know. Um, I think if we look at at the European models, I think all of those things are good things, by the way, so I think you know the, the fundamental thing is yes, we must do this, and yes we must do this as quickly and as constructively as possible but but, uh, but I think that there are those who see it as a short-term commercial opportunity, those who see it as radio's natural progression, and those who see it as a completely uh, level playing field and new dispensation going forward, where new rules will apply. And obviously, depending on how we settle on the on the policy, the the, the critical policy um, uh, discussions, that will become more obvious which one of those scenarios will play out. At the moment, I think the jury is out. And and the reason I say that, despite having seen really compelling. Um, works in progress in the European markets is that I think we all accept that South Africa is a fundamentally different market. And, and as much as we are seeing DAB, um, and according to the World DAB uh, website, certainly are seeing DAB Plus and DAB and, and other digital uh, formats rolling out into developing countries, I think that I'm also struck by the fact that there's an argument to be made that in South Africa, DAB Plus is significantly ahead of the majority of our population in terms of access to, to receivers and infrastructure and, and, and content and so on. and But yet, for that very, very small percentage of the South African population, it, you could also argue that, that DAB plus is a little bit behind where they are. And so that's we find ourselves in that kind of no man's land in between in the South African context. And we need to be, we need to think carefully about how that happens. It's at the moment with Receivers ranging from minimum 300 rand a receiver, but from what I understand, an average of about 600 uh, rand to 1,000 rand, plus a lot of the rollout will be in the newer cars. I don't think any of us can presume that this is going to be an all-access you know, majority of the population medium in the short term without significant government intervention. And government at the moment has its hands full with bailing out the SABC and you know, trying to keep our, our broadcast infrastructure and our three-tiered broadcasting system working. So, so I, I, I don't think that we can look to them to, to, um, to be contributing uh, um, significant amounts of money um, into, into the rollout as much as, from a policy perspective, they are keen to see it accelerate. So I think the application of DAB Plus in this particular market is going to be interesting. Um, the, there's another caveat to that, and I think the, the Dutch um, model was interesting because it is similar to us. One of the precursors, I think, for us being able to do this successfully is a look at deregulation. I'll get to it later, but at the moment, I mean, and for those who are not South African here, we are restricted as radio groups to owning and operating two FM licenses and two AM licenses. AM is pretty much a defunct formats in South Africa by all all accounts. There's maybe one or two operating examples of AM um, being commercially successful. But but, uh, from an FM point of view, what that does is that in an an industry that is at a a point where it needs to consolidate, it makes investment, consolidation and therefore investment into content generation, investment into infrastructure rollout, investment into all of those critical things that, that the proliferation of channels under a DAB environment would entail. Um, without being able to acquire and build out more brands it's going to make that very difficult from a budget point of view so so i do see those two things in tandem and it's interesting that that the dutch example was that uh, deregulation was was part of the process um, towards moving towards uh, dab plus rollout i think the, the other thing about the South African market context, and I, and I suppose it's, it's not unique around the world, and, and most uh, countries have gone through this, is that somebody said earlier that the industry has to trust and like each other. Well, we certainly like each other, <laughs> um, but you know there's gonna, we're going to need some alignment, uh, even just within the commercial sector now. Again, as I say, we we have a uh, three-tier model of broadcasting in South Africa, the public service model, commercial, and then community. And and there's not a lot of integration, really, I mean, if we're honest with each other. Um, And and integration, I mean, in terms of integration of interests, in terms of driving agendas. Where we have been successful on an industry level, outside of the technical stuff, is when we're either being taken to court or we're building out a a, a currency because we need to make money. It's one of those two things that that have been our demonstrable examples of where we've come together for the greater good of the industry. And so I suppose... And, and, and it's far be it from me to be the one to call for these things, because I'm sure everybody individually sees the the necessity for it, but we have to, as an industry, start to become a lot more active in having these conversations. It, it, my observation in terms of the, the participation in NAB-facilitated dis, uh, uh, discussions about DAB up till now is that, apart from, again, apart from the technical guys who've done an exemplary job, the DAB um, membership really... I mean, the NAB membership has really not been um, very enthusiastic well informed or uh, we haven't even got to a point where we've everybody's shared our particular viewpoints in terms of what a DAB plus future for the broadcasting industry in South Africa would look like. And we've got to accelerate that conversation. Um, we started to have one, one in res- uh, to formulate a response to an ACASA document recently and already there was there was a difference of opinion between two commercial broadcasters around allocation of uh, ab- about being able to divide up the frequency to use it for different formats when we are licensed in particular formats. So, so there's, it's going to be a long road actually from a policy and agreement point of view and it's something that we need to navigate and lean on the experiences of, of uh, other markets in order to accelerate. I think just a couple of the practical considerations, and they have been covered for the most part, and I guess they are, they are more questions, and I would like after this session perhaps to, to be able to, to um, delve deeper into some of these things um, in, in the coming weeks. But around those, those five Cs that are important, I think the one observation, you know, from a radio point of view, again not unique to South Africa, but we, the proliferation of content platforms, you know, we've, we once just had when I was a program manager back in the day, which was a long time ago. All I had to worry about really was our telephone lines, our FM signal, and this kind of emerging website thing. Um, you know, these days our program managers and content managers have to worry about a range of new things and have to multipurpose their teams and hire new teams in order to facilitate and feed all of these hungry beasts. And those are you know, not only the, the, your, the websites, which are still developing at a rate of knots, your app development, social media people. We need video people at radio stations. We need, um, uh, you know, we need our news teams are often uh, uh, critical to that process, but also sometimes the first teams to be culled when we need to repurpose into other areas. And so this is yet another, if we're talking about adding new channels and adding uh, uh, new opportunities into the mix, it's another investment. And I, I hear the Australian model around multi-purposing teams, um, but I think that we are still very much in, in the experience in South Africa in terms of our life cycle where digital teams need to focus on Digital and social need to social need to focus on social, and at some point they'll come together. They will. We believe that they will. But there needs to be that osmosis of experience that happens in between them that that enables them to get there. And so, from our experience and our group, I think that it's going to require further investment and in content for us to be able to to meet the demands, uh, the audience demands of, of DAB. Um, Coverage, you know, we are concerned about duplicate costs. Everybody's concerned about duplicate costs. Even if it's 10% added transmission costs, radio stations are people and distribution. That's what we pay for. That's, the, the, that's our cost base. And if we're now adding 10% to our distribution when we're not growing um, at more than 2% year-on-year uh, year from a market growth point of view, you know, these are costs that we need to, uh, to look carefully at. So we are going to look um, to engage... With, uh, with the signal distributor, who I'm sure will be, will be amenable to our, to our cries around the fact that they cannot keep escalating analog transmission at, at kind of five, five, between eight and five percent a year when we are not making that kind of growth in revenues from year to year. And, and therefore, they're also going to need to sharpen their pencils as we go into uh, this conversation with them. I think the, the cars and the industry engagement. We do have a lot of manufacturers here, uh, luckily in South Africa, but from a volume point of view we are going to need to lean again on our, on our European counterparts and Australian counterparts to put more and more pressure in extolling the virtues of, of DAB to roll that out properly. And then you know, from a consumer equipment point of view, as I mentioned before, um, the the cost of, of these uh, uh, of these receivers is going to be prohibitive. We've seen, I know it's a very different example, but we saw the satellite radio guys launch in South Africa some 20 years ago, and I remember they came to, uh, they came to an auditorium at Rhodes University, some, some uh, uh, ra- uh, uh, digital conference that I was there once, and they were throwing around these balloons saying that satellite radio is going to transform and, and inspire millions of Africans. Um, and and then somebody asked how much was a receiver, and they said it was 2,000 rand. And I, I think I, I, they, their old building is just down the road from my house, and it's literally got weeds growing out of it. Like, the whole business model failed. Without, without cheap access to receivers, partic- in any market, but in particular in South Africa, this, this will just will not work. Um, and in the meantime, the commercial models will be geared for a very, very top-tier part of our population that's overtraded through a range of different... I mean, they're the guys that the digital people are targeting. They're the guys that, that uh, um, Out of Home is targeting. Um, every single new innovation and in advertising is targeting, in a South African context, this 1% or 2% of our population, and it's over-traded. So we're not going to get exponential revenues out of those guys until we start to roll DAB down into the rest of the population as quickly as possible. Um, and then, obviously, from a communication point of view... And, and this is this is a strong argument, and I and I think it's been supported by all the examples we've heard today. We as incumbent broadcasters, it's obviously in our interest to say that we need protection um, while we while we roll out um, DAB in South Africa. But I think that it has been underlined a number of times today, and I don't think that we say it cynically. I think that we say it because we recognise that we have to make significant investments in content. We have to. Effectively create the value proposition for DAB+, plus that that up till now in the South African market does not exist. Um, it's and it's 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 a, until you've got new content, it's a difficult one to to make a claim for because effectively, you know, the fact that it is so close to our current business model is both its advantage but also its disadvantage. It's 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 radio, okay? It sounds a bit better, but. But what else is it? It's got a slideshow. Okay, but I can go on a website and I can see a video. There's a whole lot more benefit that's perceived in terms of an IP engagement relationship between a consumer and and their radio brand. And so we do need to, and, and I'm not arguing for IP, I understand the benefits of DAB+, but we're going to need to sell those benefits to our market and then therefore we're going to need to do significant investments in terms of marketing and communications in order to create that impetus, obviously, and then all the other engagements in order to tick... The, the, those 5C boxes. So while we do that and while we incur the extra costs of transmission du- during dual illumination, it will be our position and has been our position as a Kikisa media submission into the ACASA discussions, which, as you know, will happen ne- next week, that incumbent broadcasters need to be given that runway in order to, to uh, uh, establish the demand for this market, um, to create the distribution models, and then also to try and understand what the commercial models are that other, that other entrants into the markets can, can learn from that experience. But we need that R&D time, if you like, for us to establish ourselves over that period. And then from a monetization point of view, you know, we haven't, for obvious reasons, um, heard from salespeople today, um, and obviously we are a commercial business, and so we like to talk to salespeople when these kind of things happen. It's, it's uh, understanding the commercialization of this and the value proposition, and as we said earlier, I'm, I'm very interested, I think that DAB Plus's rollout will have to dovetail with, with a better um, ability and a more seamless ability for agencies to buy radio across a run of networks and across all of the platforms that radio represents. You know, I was talking about the different um, uh, responsibilities that a program manager has in a radio station these days. Um, it's also the different platforms that we provide as solutions to advertisers. You know, we, we, we sell them website uh, opportunities. We sell them audio stream. We have different ads on our audio stream to what we have on our FM signals. We ha- now have DAB plus channels. We now have all of these other things. We need to be able to offer a, a quick, seamless, and, and easy way for agencies and buyers to access that inventory, because otherwise it will be manual, it will be complicated, and as long as it's complicated, we won't make money out of it. And, and I think so. So it does need to be seen in conjunction with innovation that's going to happen um, in the uh, in, in the back end. So I guess that that's a, a kind of a, a jumble of comments based on 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 uh, on what's happened today. I think the bottom line for us is that. We as, we as commercial players, again, not speaking for the other commercial players, but I, I think that there's some general interest at least in, in participating, we, we see that the, that the benefit is there. The jury's out in terms of where we'll derive the benefits, and I think we'll have a suspension of disbelief so long as we, uh, as we are backed and supported from a policy point of view. Um, and we will invest and we will jump in with, with both feet in, in terms of ensuring the sustainability um, and the innovation and the progression of the industry but it is going to need uh, a fairly superhuman effort on, uh, on the part of everybody in the current industry in order to come together and align on some of the policy issues. I mean, just if we, if we look at just some of the coverage issues amongst Johannesburg itself versus Pretoria, you know, you've got stations that compete between Johannesburg and Pretoria. They don't reach the whole of, one of, the, uh, of each of those main centres. Now, suddenly, we're get, if we get a different broadcast footprint, suddenly the entire... Uh, paradigm shifts and these are, you know, these are obviously things that we need to accept because new technology is going to create disruption but at the same time it's going to require all of us having a longer term view than I think is the case, you're right and radio has short term views at the moment because radio is under an, a, an unprecedented level of competition and it needs to band together anyway but it certainly needs to band together around some of these DAB um, issues so we need to regulate together we need to um, inject some industry optimism, and we need to keep the message um, going that, that we will be able to derive benefit. Um, and I think that, that from our perspective, we'd also like to hear more from sales propositions and see where, these, where the, the um, commercial benefit has been derived from DAB in terms of the rollout that's happened to date. So. Those are my, my views. I don't know if you guys have any questions or other discussions. Again, perhaps more questions for, to learn from the the, economic envir- uh, uh, the European examples. And I'd certainly be interested to hear more examples of where DAB plus has been rolled out effectively into d- uh, more developing economies. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Nick. <laughs> An interesting place to end the day so let me just ask you this. Um, let's assume, right, miraculously, miraculously, DTT is sorted. The policy environment is clarified, and on Monday next week, ICASA says we need to hear bids for DAB offerings. What's Kahiso Media's response?
1: There's no question that we would
0: participate. I mean, the- Was- any sense of a shape of what shape of thing i think
1: i think the i mean the the first issue that that again we haven't in my experience yet come to grips with is the multiplex issue in terms of you know i think that we would want to make sure that as broadcasters we had we were bidding for for at least the opportunity to outsource multiplex operation and then and then beyond that I I think that that for us it's important in the commercial space also to be able to compete against the SABC. Um, You know, the SABC has has 19 stations, they've got unprecedented coverage, all of the other broadcasters have a maximum of two. So, so, I mean, we would probably bid on the basis that we want to increase our reach um, at least into the major centres. And again, that would then create an opportunity where commercial broadcasters are, are, are competing equally against the national broadcaster.
0: Okay. Thank you. Any other questions or responses or comments or thoughts? Zoli looks like he's got a point. Joe, I thought there might be a
2: response. I'm not responding. I'm just clarifying in Australia we have a two to a market rule as well. Which is not changing anytime soon, according to our government. So we've got 105 radio licence markets mm. for commercial radio, um, and each operator is restricted to two radio licences in each um, market. Per, per market, yeah. yeah. Per market, yeah. and um, we've got a bit. There's a big thing about local radio and regional, and you know it's a very political issue. Um, but that's why our broadcasters, even in regions, are saying, "Okay, well, this is great, this gives me an opportunity to get out of this limitation of two services when I might want to have five or I might want to have ten. The bigger ones have got Mm. more. Um, So we're in a similar situation licensing-wise, and that's one of the reasons our commercial guys eventually... uh, Sorry, I'm losing my voice. ..eventually moved forward. After a lot of the same discussions that you've... You've uh, lo- talking about a lot of the points that you've raised today, and it's a, it's a big issue for commercials. That's why you need policy protection.
1: Sure. Ours, by the way, is is too nationally. Oh, it, it, nation. it, yeah, it's not per market. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Anyone else? Ran out of steam? <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Nick. Okay, I think we've come to the end of the day. Um, I want to thank you for a really interesting day of discussion and input and facts and thoughts and considerations. Um, But I'd like to ask Lynn Mansfield, as chair of Sadiba to just conclude for us. Thanks.
3: Um, Thanks, Franz. Firstly, in my capacity as a World DB steering board meeting, A steering board, I would like to thank um, Tim and France and the team for allowing us to attach this uh, day onto the Radio uh, Days Africa. Um, There was a planned uh, conference for World EAB in South Africa this year, and getting all the delegates together, we thought it would be a good idea to attach it to Radio Days, which was accepted by the team. So firstly, thank you. Uh, Secondly, I'd like to thank um, Centec for sponsoring this this additional day. Uh, We're very grateful uh, for that. And also for the World DAB um, Project Office for arranging Joan, um, Darren, who's part of the office, uh, Jackie and Pierce and Jorn to come and address us and share their experiences. We're very appreciative. I think a lot of the fears, and, and, and Nick standing sort of this way in that last slide. Um, I think that we've really proven the, from a technology side uh, what, can, what we can accomplish and how we can roll out the networks. I think the next phase would be to get the uh, station management, the content people, the marketing people together to start collaborating. Uh, this hasn't been done to the extent. And I have a fear that next week uh, at the ACASA public hearings is that we're going to all be in different directions. And you can imagine the poor regulator if everybody's going in a different direction, making a decision. Uh, if we were sort of aligned and, and, and all sort of going south or east um, in slightly different directions, it would assist them. Those last Uh, pieces we could then align ourselves and and get to it. Um, I just look at a lot of the learnings that we had with with, uh, digital migration of television. I have never in, in my career, which is quite a long career in South Africa, seen fierce competitors sit around the table and collaborate the way they did to draft the rules of operation for digital television in South Africa all the broadcasters, the the, uh, subscription broadcasters, the free-to-air broadcasters and the signal distributor getting together and and going into one direction. And I think a very good document came out of that that will really drive this. And I think the technical people have have to a point done this for uh, DTT, particularly to get the trial off the ground. But I think really that collaboration needs to start and, and we need to uh, get together uh, to have these conversations. So I think um, last Monday uh, the press release by the Minister really substantiated the, the seriousness that they're taking to get this off the ground digital radio in South Africa because it will reinsert. And yawns people in the very north of his country that had three radio services. I think they're pretty proud to now have 31. And uh, I think this is, you know, this is one of the things that... I know the receivers are, are, are a lot more expensive than, than FM, but I think since FM started in South Africa, a lot of those things, have, the receiver's price have been amortized and they can invest in a new radio. But particularly if they can go from a handful of services to a large choice, and people and consumers out there see the benefit, uh, surely they will um, take that move and go t- towards it. So, and also the, the delegates, thank you for the interaction, for the questions. Um, I think the session has been great. Uh, thank you.